Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 305. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Concorso Italiano and talking with sponsors of this spectacular event that takes place during the Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week in California. You can learn more about this event at www.concorso.com. It rings true in about everything I do, and that's do the right thing and the right thing will happen. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jim Schwarzkopf. Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I cannot wait to get out to Monterey to see all the bulls and prancing horses. (laughs) You know, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be there too. And uh, this Concorso Italiano week is pretty darn special. So thanks for being here. Jim Schwarzkopf is a principal at TDC Risk Management, a Barrett-Jackson endorsed collector car insurance program leader, and he's a sponsor of Concorso Italiano. Jim has been an insurance professional for over 25 years, and he specializes in providing risk management solutions for high net worth clients and the collector car market. He travels the country visiting automotive auctions and events with Bear Jackson, offering unique and competitive insurance solution for car collectors like you and me. So Jim, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your career, your interest, and of course your passion for automobiles? I will. Thanks uh, again. Thanks for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. Back in 2004, we established our own property and casualty agency. And through the years, uh, the first couple years, we realized that there was a a significant gap in how people that have acquired wealth and and acquired assets to go along with that, how they were treated by insurance carriers. And what we found, most of them uh, were with the the guys you see on television uh, every day, day in and day out. And really almost like a commodity-driven product for, the, uh, uh, for these folks. And what we quickly realized through the different relationships we have with insurance carriers, there's a significant difference between a, a, a standard insurance carrier and an insurance carrier that deals with high net worth and ultra-successful people all over the country. So that's where we've chosen to focus our, our efforts. That takes us from northwest Ohio to the Monterey Peninsula to to Texas, to Arizona, for, the, for wherever we need to go to, uh, to deal with the people that we like to deal with. And uh, consequently, uh, we got into the collector car market simply because our clients collect cars 
like they do anything else, whether it's jewelry, wine, fine arts, uh, whatever it might be. So we've partnered with all the, the right insurance carriers. We represent all of them in this market space, which allows us to be somewhat agnostic when we're presenting a, a, a program to an insured. Uh, it doesn't really matter to us which insurance carrier they go with because we only represent the ones that can meet their needs. Uh, specifically to the collector car markets, uh, I have contracts with about everybody out there. So I can look at a collector car uh, or a collector and say, how do you drive your cars? What area of the country are you in? Are you in? Are they late model exotics? Are they pre-war classics? Whatever they are, I can match up then that collector with the proper insurance carrier. Uh, and what makes me different there is, is uh, most insurance agencies like myself you know, represent one or two car collectors. Uh, we represent thousands. Oh, it's awesome. Well, what's really cool about this is you're a car guy. That's why you're on the show. But you've been able to figure out how to take your profession in insurance and tie some cars into this, which is really a neat aspect. And it's what Cars Yeah is all about. I'm hoping you'll be out at the Concorso Italiano so we can actually meet face to face. I will be. I'll awesome. get out there. Uh, yeah, I'll be out there Thursday and uh, stay all the way through uh, through Tuesday. We have uh, plenty of events planned throughout the entire weekend. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll get to shake hands because today's the first day we've ever talked to each other. So uh, we'll be old buddies while we're walking among the Ferraris <laughs> and Maseratis and Alfa Romeos there on Saturday. We'll have to make sure we're both wearing hats. We yeah. have the same haircut. I know. We have the same haircut. I know. I know. <laughs> I always say I've worn too many hats in my life. It rubbed all the hair off. But uh, maybe it's just because we think more than others. I don't know. There you, <laughs> there you go. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jim, take the wheel. You know, it's interesting. I think mine's very basic, but it rings true in about everything I do. And that's do the right thing and the right thing will happen. Mm. And when I look at uh, what we do for our clients, we're totally focused on what their needs are. Our side of the equation, after we do the right thing for the client, then everything else falls into place. And many times that could be when we, we look at a new client or, a pro, uh, I guess, a new prospect and we go through their entire risk management program, the right answer may be they're with the right insurance carriers, with the right coverage, and paying a fair premium. And fortunately for us, we're willing to tell people that. But that's, uh, that's really our mantra throughout what we do is to do the right thing, and the right thing will happen. Well, it does seem to be rather cliche, but it's amazing how many people don't do that right. you know, in business and so forth. And insurance is one of those things that is a Kind of a necessary evil for a lot of us. We think of, oh, we got to buy insurance, and you know, I sure hope that I never have to use it. But I'll tell you, when you do have to use it, you find out pretty quick if you're with the wrong person. And especially when it comes to a collector car, when they say, "Well, that car is only worth this," and you go, "What? Haven't you seen right. the market lately? It's worth three times that." Sorry, <laughs> not so. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? You know, I think it goes back to my childhood. Uh, I came, I, I was born at the end of the baby boomers. And so by the time I was of driving age was the, uh, the early to mid seventies. And that was not the heyday for, uh, for cars that were being built, whether it was a styling or, or whatever it might be. So the, the cars of, of when I actually started driving weren't the cars I appreciated. And now I've got a, a full appreciation from cars pre-war all the way to the modern day exotics. But what I think really got me into cars was uh, my dad used to love to go for a Sunday drive. And so every Sunday we'd pile in, whether we we're going to get ice cream or going to, I grew up in central Ohio and there, there's some beautiful rolling hills there and we just go drive. And 
what I guess I didn't appreciate at the time was driving was was really a um, a, a pleasure event at that time because people were able to move around. You know, we're talking this is in the early 60s, mid 60s. Cars weren't that old at that point. And so I, I think about that. And then every year we'd take a car trip someplace, whether it was in all the way up out to Maine or down to South Carolina, wherever it might be. And I remember stopping at roadside parks and having lunch out of a cooler. I remember going to drive up root beer stands. And I think really my passion for cars uh, started there. My second passion as, as I started my college career was I wanted to go into architecture. So I've always had a, a, an eye for design and an eye for symmetrics. And as I look at cars, uh, I look at cars more for how they're designed. And I'm not really a motor guy. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, it doesn't make it. I'd love to drive a high, high, um, high horsepower vehicle, but that's not what drives me. It's really the styling more of the vehicle that, uh, uh, that gets me. And when I go to these concours or, or the local car shows or, or whatever we might do, I get drawn by, by ones that really catch my eye. And it's more from the, uh, the straight lines and, and things like that more than the, uh, the curves. And- yeah, absolutely. I think you and I come from about the same time being born. And I remember those times being in the backseat of our Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. Yeah, uh, cruising from Southern California, I grew up to visit my grandparents in Texas and stopping at those Stuckey's roadside stands right. and asking my mom to buy me the tarantula and the clear little desk, you know, desk ornament thing or the uh, the jackalope on the wall. Still, right. still wonder if I'm ever going to see one of those things. But <laughs> you know, just just think about that. That we used to I, we we were a step up. We had the uh, the custom cruiser. Ooh, uh, and but with remember the 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 seat faced the rear. Yeah. yeah. So that was always, you know, now you think about that, there's no way they're going to build a car like that. Yeah. But, uh, sure enough, my sister and I would sit in the back of that car and, and look out the back window as people are coming right at us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or the uh, that the truckster from uh, National Lampoon's family <laughs> vacation. Yeah, right. very cool. So, Jim, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career path. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? You know, I, I thought about that as, as we were preparing for this. And, and as I look at it most recently, because I, I'm somewhat of a, uh, of a novice to these cars, we got involved back in 2009 when this really became a significant part of our growth structure for our agency. And, you know, being a, I, I, I've always appreciated cars, but again, I can't walk up to a car and talk about the the, the size of the engine or how many were made or, or where they were pr- produced. And what I quickly learned was being a sales guy, of course, I want to establish a, um, a, a rapport with the person. And, and I quickly learned that it was much easier to walk up to somebody and say, hey, tell me about your passion here. And these guys and, and ladies will just tell me everything about their cars. And I've learned so much from them by listening versus trying to talk and and talk over my head because there's there's nothing more quickly can can you be exposed in a in the collector car world than acting like you know something <laughs> when clearly you don't yeah. because the guy standing next to you do and many times they they may not want to tell you that they do but they'll uh, uh, they'll make me feel pretty silly when I do that so I I've, I've um I've overcome my lack of car knowledge by getting to know people that do have true knowledge and asking questions and and really building my knowledge of cars through others Sure. You know, there's a couple of golden nuggets you dropped there. The car culture, the people in the car world love to share 
their vehicles with other people. That's the great thing about events like the Concorso Italiano. Pretty much everybody that's going to have a car there, you can go up and they'll tell you everything and more than you ever wanted to know about their car. Right. And that's the great part about it. And it's another thing our listeners have heard here from me. Take your kids to these events because you can teach them so much about communication and about cars. Just push them up there and say, ask Mr. Schwarzkopf about his Ferrari. <laughs> right. And you know, my son has told me that he's learned more about communicating with people and making connections by all the years of taking him to car shows. So I think it's a great thing because car people can sniff out a non-car guy pretty darn quick yep. uh, once he starts talking. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, I, th- I think it goes back to our business plan. So back in 2004, uh, I decided to leave a, a, a traditional insurance agency here locally. And at that time, I was in my early 40s and, and sticking my neck out was not something I had, been done, had done throughout my career. Uh, I'd, I'd done very well and, and it generated business and new clients and, and was doing very well. But I realized that in order for me to achieve what I wanted to, to do, I needed to become an owner within the agency and not just be an employee. And so when I stuck my neck out and I joined on with some wealth management people and some life insurance people to start a property and casualty agency, we were building it very traditionally like the one I left. We were going to look in our local footprint, go for uh, commercial insurance because there's more premiums, which then translates into more revenue for the agency. And it wasn't until we realized that the the same people we were dealing with with the wealth management and the life insurance and, and we were my, the guys that I partnered with fortunately were much bigger thinkers than I was at the time and you know they were working with millionaires multimillionaires and billionaires and what we learned was that as we looked at their personal insurance they were getting treated the same as somebody with with the assets like I have and the house that I have even though their their needs were much much greater than that and so that was the moment when we said, boy, we're going to shift gears. Uh, we're staying in the property and casualty business, but we're going to shift gears from looking for commercial people or commercial entities in our local footprint to going to the, the high net worth, the ultra successful, however they want to be defined. Um, but then that meant we couldn't do it in Northwest Ohio because, quite frankly, there aren't that many folks here that we're going to be able to make a living on. So we needed to think broader and, uh, and fortunately, my partners with the relationships they had, whether it was other life insurance professionals, other investment professionals, we decided to go from just doing business in Ohio and in Michigan and maybe a little bit of Indiana to go to where the, the, the folks were that we wanted to do business with. So that expanded our market into, into Florida, into Texas, into Arizona, into California, and then forced us into a different service platform which quite frankly exceeds about what, what anybody's expectation is of an insurance agency. And because of that, we realized that this is really where we wanted to focus, um, which then drew, uh, uh, led us into the cars because we're dealing with people that, with, that have been successful throughout life and been able to acquire uh, assets. And one of those assets they choose to acquire are cars. And so that's how we got into it. Uh, we got uh, introduced to the folks out at Barrett-Jackson back in late 2008, uh, we are their um, uh, back office for their insurance program. Uh, so now we, we travel throughout the country, not only uh, representing Barrett Jackson's insurance program, but then also TDC when we go to different concours where maybe a, 
another auction house is present. Very cool. Well, it's a classic business pivot, if you will, realizing there's something else over there that could be a lot better for us. I think it's fantastic. How about proudest business career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with me today? You know, I guess what makes me most proud is the people that I've allowed or that I've surrounded myself with. Um, I've always believed that I wanted to have people around me that were smarter than I am, work harder than I do. And, you know, we've grown an agency from three people when I was one of to now we have over 30. Uh, We're 10 years into it. And looking what we've been able to accomplish and, quite frankly, a very difficult time from a business perspective to grow a company. And, and I think that's what I'm most proudest of. We've, we've worked very hard. Um, I've had to kiss a lot of frogs. We've had a few employees come and go. Uh, but I look at the team that we have now, and it's such a, a, a you know, we, uh, a lot of my employees say I nitpick on stuff. And that's, quite frankly, because we've gotten to the point where we're that good at what we do that all we want to do is just get better and better and better. And, and I think that's what I'm most proud of is that we've been able to, to build an organization. When I bring on a new client, I feel very confident that we're going to be able to do what's in their best interest, and uh, they're going to be very satisfied. Our our retention is very high. Our growth is very steep, and uh, uh, we're looking to looking to continue that. Well, certainly all things to be proud of, and you know it's a key thing for entrepreneurs out there listening to this. We are a culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. It's so important, and building a strong team. I hear that from many of my successful guests here on Cars. Yeah, build a strong team. Surround yourself with people that are smarter. My mother said, marry a woman who's smarter than you. She'll keep you on your toes. And by golly, I did that. Been married 30 years and she keeps me on my toes. I'm grateful for her every day. We are very similar. I'll, I'll be married 28 years this, uh, this year as well. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm married to a, uh, a very successful woman as well. Yep. It's a key to a successful man. That's for sure. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? It doesn't have to be your first car, but the first car that was really special for you. And maybe you can share a memory you have with that vehicle. You know, I, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of nice cars uh, as I've had some success. Uh, I look back and probably my favorite car was the, the car I had when I was 17. It was a 1977 Cutlass Supreme Brome. And it was, a, it was a very, and I didn't realize at the time, well, I shouldn't say it. I did realize at the time what a good-looking car it was. Just the the styling of Oldsmobiles back then, and the yeah. the two door and the big heavy doors on it, and uh, and I truly loved that car. It had the cr- crushed velour seats on it, and uh, <laughs> I was able to do some work on it myself. I was able to upgrade the stereos, which of course was probably an extremely important thing to me back then. Yeah, mandatory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I look at that, and that that probably was it. You know, like I said, I've always had a great appreciation of cars. I'm not all that mechanically inclined, so that's one thing that that stops me from really uh, uh, embracing the car collection because I, I'd have to look at that and say, "Boy, you know, I've got to be driven to be able to go out on a Saturday and and change the brakes and bleed lines and and change whatever." And and I I'm, I would need somebody else to I'd need a mechanic to do all that for me. Well, I've had many, plenty of mechanics on the show here, so when you need one, just let me know. But uh, yeah, the Brom, the, those are those are cool cars. That's pretty nice. Yeah. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you could have back in that garage? I do. I, I was when I really thought that I, I was able to to buy myself something special. I bought a a '98 uh, BMW 740iL, and again, a daily driver. Wow, uh, nice but car! I absolutely love that car, and, and I I gave it up before I should have because I got a little scared on on some of the uh, the maintenance that needed to happen to it, and 
and once I got to a point, but that's a car that uh, I'd still love to. I, I took really good care of it, and that would one I'd I'd like to have in a garage someplace, and you know, driving my other daily drivers and and having that out there. I really enjoyed that car, and uh, I think it was probably as much for the uh, uh, you know somewhat of a pivotal moment uh, as you called it when I I knew I could afford something like that. Uh, it really made me feel good. But uh, you know, as far as other cars, I, I've never never really had the cars that, uh, that I say, boy, I wish that one hadn't got away. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, for the next step when I, when I decide to jump into the hobby more, I'm, I'm filling my library right now before I fill my garage. Well, that's a good idea. Do a lot of research up front. And if the one message I hear repeatedly from enthusiasts on this show is buy what you love. Don't think about what it's going to be worth because if the market pops and the market's going crazy right now, it could, you never know when it's going to do that. If you're stuck with a car, you might as well be stuck with one you love. So go for something you're passionate about, and I think you'll find that. But that 740, those BMW 740s, are, they're nice cars. Yeah, very, really? yeah. very nice. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really is you excited and fired up? What I'm working on right now is, is my, uh, I've got three children. All three have graduated from the Ohio State University. The, oh, the last one. Congratulations. Uh, just, thank you. Just graduated in May. So, um, um, so you, you just know, got a, my, you just got a raise then. <laughs> I did. That was one one of my one of my wife and my's goal was to uh, uh, was to pay for their college education. Good and, for you. And did that so they're uh, they've got a leg up without not leaving with a bunch of debt. Yep. Um, so now I'm excited to uh, you know w- with some uh, hopefully disposable income. Uh, I, I am looking forward, and I don't know what it would be. I've, I've often thought about that every time I go to a car show. I think about boy, what would it be. And I just don't know what it is yet, but I know it'll be something to, that'll be fun, and it won't be the won't be the first. And uh, and uh, I, I'm anxious to get into that. Well, I think you're taking the right path. Go to car shows, talk to people. Another key thing is join a forum for the kind of car you think might be right for you. Start talking to people because you'd be amazed what you can learn. Uh, I've had friends that have lusted after collector cars, and when they finally drove one, they just kind of went, "Oh, that was no fun." Right. You know, if you want something to just park and look at, but most of us like to take our cars out and enjoy them. So I think you're going down the right path. And congratulations on getting those kids through college. I've got one more year left with my last child and yeah. and then we'll be uh, free of that burden. But it's a great thing to do for your children. They'll be grateful forever. Here's a very introspective question for you, Jim. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, that's, a, that's it's an interesting question. Because of the business I'm in, which is, uh, you know, we protect people's assets and we protect people. So I would look at this and say uh, one of two things. One, I would be a reliable vehicle. I want to be there when somebody needs me. Uh, I want to be able to answer the phone, to be able to jump in to, uh, to act when, when somebody, whether it's a, a fire or, uh, or floods or, or there's been a bad accident, whether the liabilities might be brought into it. Uh, I want to be reliable and then also, I would want to be one that, that could protect people. So I'd be, I'd want something that, uh, as you're driving, that uh, you know, should something happen, that you're well protected. And so I look at it more from, uh, uh, from what I've decided to, to focus my career on, which is protecting people. And uh, I guess I'd look at it that way. Well, let's think here now. What kind of cars come to mind when we think about safe, reliable protection? Uh, you know, first that comes to mind, of course, is the Volvo. They've done a great yeah. job marketing that brand as that kind of car. A big, heavy Mercedes that has a lot of protection. A Sherman tank, you're a Schwarzkopf, yeah. General Sir Schwarzkopf. So 
If, right. you, if you had to pick one car just right off the top of your head, give me a car. Gosh, that's a uh, you're putting me on the spot here because there's so many of them out there. But uh, yeah, you know, I look at it in, in today's. You know, I, I look at the uh, uh, whether it's the the, the Escalade. I, I look at that as being a, a high reliable and in a in a big protective car. Yeah, certainly the Hummers that are out there. That might be something <laughs> that would. Uh, you know, going back to the military side of it. Yeah, there you go. Well, okay. Well, that sounds good. We'll we'll pick one of those. So, Jim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Jim, we're back, and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, kind of dovetail on something I said earlier. Steve Davis, the president of Barrett-Jackson, uh, when we were talking about collector cars, he says, Jim, fill your library before you fill your garage. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that I, I truly believe is good advice. Yes, excellent advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I think the one that I live by is is doing what I tell people that I'll do. Mm. If I tell people I'm going to call them back tomorrow or if I'm going to provide them whatever it is, is uh, even if I need to realign the expectation, it's it's following up and doing what I say I would do. Uh, basically, I, I want to make sure that I'm uh, under-promising and over-delivering. Uh, so I just do what I say I'm going to do. Well, that's what we people who buy insurance love to hear from the guy who's taking care of us. Be good to your word. That's excellent. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would enjoy? You know, I don't know. With all the blogs and and everything that's out there, it's tough for me to pick one. I think it also goes back to what we talked about before. I think the greatest resource is when you go to car shows is talking to the folks that uh, that you can meet there and, and knowing who you know, who the right person is to talk to. And it's, it's pretty easy to figure that out because there's usually a few other guys hanging on his coattails, listening to what he talks about. You know, I've been fortunate to where I've, I've met and befriended uh, one of the leading Duesenberg experts out there. And, and so I get to talk to him at at Pebble beach and in Scottsdale when I'm there, Um, I'm friends with one of the leading resellers of Lamborghinis and he's just got great knowledge. Uh, I've got a guy down in Naples. That's uh, one of the largest resellers of uh, Ferraris, um, uh, I've got more than a, enough Corvette people uh, that, that are experts in that. So I, I think my greatest resource and is just the people that are that I've been able to surround myself with that I've met through the years uh, at these different events. Excellent answer. How about a book? I know there are a lot of great books out there, either automotive or business related, but is there one in particular you enjoyed that you think we should share with our listeners? 
you know, with, with my life and, and what I've got going on, it, it's one thing that I, I, I haven't take the time, taken the time to do is read the, as many books as, as I can. The, the, what I do like to read when I do read are biographies and autobiographies of highly successful people. You know, one comes to mind, and uh, I read uh, Norman Schwarzkopf's book, General Norman Schwarzkopf, and, you know, I share a, a last name with, and, and I was just moved by his intellect and his worldly experiences. So that, you know, I, I don't have one that jumps out of me at this very second. Uh, with all I read online and, and everything that comes to me through email, uh, reading a book just doesn't seem to be a priority, although when I do read it, I, I get so much out of it. Well, we'll list that great book on our guest-recommended reading site at the Cars yeah! website. Listeners, if you just click on Resources, you'll see the button to push there. And Jim's recommendation, along with all our other guests, will be at the Cars yeah! website. And you can find all these links that Jim has shared with us today at com slash Jim Schwartzkopf. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars you could share with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an athletic guy. I love to play golf. When I look at it, you know, I've got a, a, a nice size uh, property where I spend a lot of time and whether it's gardening or, or uh, just making the yard uh, look the way I like it to look. Uh, you know, with, with chasing cars the way I do, a lot of my weekends are tied up someplace else. Sure. Um, so I don't get to do quite as much as I like to. But, uh, you know, golf would probably list as one of my, my greatest passions. And much like my love for design of cars, I think I love golf course design almost as much as I love actually playing the game. Did you enjoy the Open that we had up here in the Pacific Northwest a couple of weeks ago? That was a very unique golf course. Uh, it was a very unique golf course. Certainly a change of pace. Uh, the last nine holes couldn't have been more exciting. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it it was, yeah, it was enjoyable. And again, I I have an appreciation for uh, for all designs, so the architecture there was interesting as well. Oh, that looked like a tough course, and it went right down to the wire. Which, of course, is just like watching a race. The greatest ending to anything right. is that last few minutes of the event. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Jim, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that tricks off the (laughs) table. You're a smart guy, so I didn't want you to pull that one on me. But money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? You know, the uh, you, you took away what I would say. I would buy any Ferrari right now because in six months it'd be worth two or three times <laughs> what it would be and I could buy anything else I wanted to. Yeah, but you got to um, keep this so, one and enjoy it. Yeah. What's really interesting to me, and I, I, I can't really explain it, but every time I'm at a car show or at a car event, I get I gravitate towards the Impalas. And what I really like are the, you know, the, the late 50s when they first came out with the big tail fins in the back and the unique looking uh, taillights and, and everything like that all the way up through the, the mid 60s. And I think what I like most about those Impalas is that every year the design was significantly different. I don't know what it is, but that's what I'll, I'll stop and look at uh, look at the late 50s, early 60s Impalas. And, and I have to believe that if, uh, if I found the right one or, or one to rebuild, I think that's where I'd start. Very cool. Well, uh, great choice. Those cars, they did a lot of uh design changes between the mid-50s and the 60s, of course. That was an incredible time for car design, especially American cars with those fins that were coming and going and moving and, you know, all over the place. But the Impala was kind of unique with the fins that were kind of laid down flat on the back of those cars. So uh, I think that's a great choice. Jim, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. 
If you could give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Chevrolet Impala, what would it be? Uh, My advice to our listeners uh, from an insurance perspective would be to have an insurance professional review your entire personal risk management program. What I see most when I have the ability to, to review somebody's program is there's many times gaps in coverage or double coverage. The the advertising in today's market for insurance would lead most people to believe it's a commodity-driven product when it's not. You really need to, to stop and look at everything you have going on, making sure that the umbrella uh, has the, the proper underlying limits. And, and what I see mostly is when, when there's a, you know, somebody goes to a specialty collector car market for their collector cars, they go to somebody else for their daily drivers, they go to somebody else for their homes, and there's never anybody truly looking at everything that they do. And that's where, where our real value comes in, to be able to make sure that, yes, our, our goal, uh, just like for my own in personal insurance, I don't want to spend any more money on insurance than I have to. But knowing that everything's coordinated, that should something bad happen, that I know I'm covered, and that everything matches up, that is probably the the, the, uh, the advice I'd give. And that's that's where I'm a little different than, uh, you know, as you can tell, I'm not a not a true car guy. I'm a true car lover, uh, but I am, a, um, uh, from an insurance perspective, I think this is where I'd bring true value to car people because it's not always first on their mind until something bad happens, and that's the last thing you want to find out, that you have some problems. Uh, you know, you don't want to find out what you don't know when you need to know what, what happened. <laughs> Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners who want to learn more about you and your business, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, um, I'll give you my direct office line. You can call me anytime. My, my number is 419-794-1075. My email is uh, my first initial last name. So that's jschwartzkoff at TDC Risk Management. And then our, our website is www.tdcriskmanagement.com. We can also be found on the Barrett-Jackson website at, at www.barrett-jackson.com slash insurance. There you and, go. And, uh, of course, they can come see me at Concorso. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I'll all be this summer, uh, just in about a week or so by the time this show airs. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic event. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything we talked about today at carsyad.com slash Jim Schwartzkopf. Just put Jim in the search bar. You don't have to spell his last name. And uh, his show notes page will pop right up. And don't forget to check out the Concorso Italiano at concorso.com and learn more about this fantastic event. And if you're going to be there this summer, check out Jim. Come and see me. We'll both be there having fun with all those beautiful Italian cars. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you at the Concorso Italiano. Thank you very much for your time, Mark. I really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the conversation as well. You're welcome. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!